something you're going to find uh, on a Protestant Sunday morning Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so I was really drawn back into the church through adoration, just experiencing Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. And, uh, you know, that was that. I was, you know, tackled by his presence and mm-hmm. tenderness. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it wasn't long before I started. Um, I had always known that I was going to be a writer, and um, I started writing about issues of faith. Uh, a Catholic newspaper had asked me to write a few things on prayer, and um, and that's kind of how I got started in writing about my faith, and I found I had a real facility for it, and that it really blessed people when I did write about my faith. And so that's where the first book started, and so on and so forth, and eventually I became a spiritual director, and I loved retreats, even growing up as a kid, going on retreats. I knew something really powerful happened when we went away to seek the face of the Lord. There Mm. were really powerful graces that are unleashed when we do that with intention. And I see it happen every time I lead a retreat, every time I go out to speak to a women's group. And I'm confident that those who come on the 24th, that there are going to be graces unleashed in that experience because that's what Jesus does through the Holy Spirit when we come away to seek his face together. He has promised that he is there with us. And um, so I'm hoping that women will come and and uh, uh, experience that unleashing of his grace. Yeah, I hope so too. And I know you told me before we started recording that you're in uh, Minnesota, I think in the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, is that right? Yeah, um, correct. Do you have family? Do you have kids? Uh, anything about your personal yeah. uh, situation? Sure. I married late in life. My husband and I were both in our 50s, and so we don't have children, but mm-hmm. I feel like I have a lot of spiritual children yeah. just from having done direction for so long. And I come from a very large family. I've lost track of how many nieces and nephews (laughs) and now great nieces and nephews I have. You know, there were seven of us growing up. And my younger brother became a priest um, also a little bit later in life. And he is now the rector here at St. John Vianney, our college seminary. Mm. And uh, so he and I uh, have a special bond and, you know, we feel like we're kind of shoulder to shoulder serving and working for the church. And so that's been just a tremendous blessing in our life to have a priest in our family. And I'm biased, of course, but I think he's a remar- remarkable man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm right about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I have six siblings <clears throat> and um, all of the other five are uh, married with kids and Big Irish family, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm married to an Irish woman, so I know about. Uh, I love. I love Ireland. Uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm really looking at this um, kind of. Uh, I say slogan. That's probably not not the right word of it. But motto: mm-hmm. flourish in your faith. From your website, mm-hmm. LizK.org. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, from a woman's perspective, because I know you talk a lot on your website about the that the importance of women and how the church has mm-hmm. continued to reaffirm to women how important their role is from Vatican II mm-hmm. to Holy Fathers. Mm-hmm. What What does flourishing in the faith look like for you know twenty first century women? Mm. 
Well, you know, I think it looks different for every woman depending on what stage you're in. If you have small children or if you have grown children or if you have no children or if you have a chronic illness or you have some sort of debilitation, uh, you know, I mean, there are all sorts of different uh, ways that we can flourish exactly where we are in our vocation, whatever that is. And that was really some of the impetus behind writing Jesus Approaches. That's going to be the the book that we're drawing from most uh, for our retreat that day. And I was very keen to include stories uh, from women in every different walk of life, from children to widows to single women to you know, women who've struggled in their vocation, married, I wanted them all in there um, because Jesus does call all of us in all of our many and varied uh, vocations. And for many of us, you know, vocation isn't just a simple uh, uh, path, you know, where um, it's just all falls out easily. You know, for many of us, it's it's a little bit bumpier than that, you know. Yeah. It's an interesting title of a, of a book because, you know, you talk about Jesus calling us, which mm-hmm. would imply that we move towards Jesus. We seek Jesus. We find him. We go to adoration. But uh, Jesus approaching, that means he's mm-hmm. coming towards us. I think it's an, it's mm-hmm. an interesting title. Can you kind of delve into that a little bit more? Yeah, it was interesting because my publisher first wanted to title the book Approaching Jesus. And I said, no, <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's always first, you know, he's always approaching us first, whether we think we're seeking him first or not. It's always he who is the initiator of that relationship. He's always there first looking for us, opening doors for us to find him. He's always the one who initiates that relationship. And so it was very a very conscious choice to say, you know, yes, we're approaching Jesus, but we want to always remember that he has been approaching us first from before and for us and was um, uh, creating and co-creating a life with us. Um, so it's very important to remember that he is the initiator and that when we respond, we can be confident that he is there waiting for us. And do you think that some women may have a hard time uh, developing a close relationship with Jesus? Maybe they've been hurt by men or a father or a husband or a boyfriend. Is that a, is that a stumbling block for a lot of women? Oh, sure. I mean, I think it's a stumbling block for every human. You know, we tend to, to read our human fathers as God the Father. You know, everybody has a sort of father wound of some sort or another. But, uh, yeah, and I do think that um, even a lot of the women that come in for spiritual direction, you know, they don't really need spiritual direction so much as they need a prayer life, and they don't know that they don't have a prayer life. So we do a lot of emphasis on just connecting with the Lord in prayer, what does that look like? How do I know when it's him that's speaking to me versus the world, the flesh, or the devil? You know, mm-hmm. you know, we'd spend a lot of time just sort of working out that prayer muscle and discerning, uh, you know, when it is the voice of the Lord who's prompting me in my daily life. And we can be confident that he does. You know, we can be confident that he does want to speak to us through his word, through our prayer life, through our Christian friendships, through the sacraments. Uh, he 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 absolutely wants us to know his will and to cooperate and collaborate with that. 
Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I was just going to say in, in light of the comment on prayer, it <clears throat> seems like, you know, from my experience, there there seems to be a difference between praying and having relationship. You know, I sometimes will mm-hmm. say words and I'm trying, <laughs> you know, but I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really feel that. I've heard other people say it as well, men and women, that's just like mm-hmm. it seems like it's, it seems like a one sided conversation. I don't feel like, you know, anybody's listening or, you know, so uh, and, and mm-hmm. that's obviously very fundamental to your ministry is is prayer. Sure. So any other advice mm-hmm. uh, for people who do see a roadblock in prayer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, not uncommon. Very, very common. You're not doing anything wrong um, <clears throat> that you uh, don't necessarily perceive God's presence doesn't mean that he isn't there. So don't take anything in terms of like, oh, gosh, I must be doing something wrong or I've chosen the wrong method. If you are feeling that kind of emptiness or estrangement or aridity, this is very common for the saints. The saints have a ton to say about it. So if you want to hear from another human how they moved through a period where they didn't feel like they were really connecting with God, there's a bazillion things that I could recommend. Um, uh, anything by Father Wilfred Stinnison, uh, I think of um, A Devout Life, um, uh, by, um, oh gosh, his name is running away from me. Hmm. You know who I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, or, uh, you know, there are so many, so many guides to uh, prayer that the saints bring us. And, you know, I guess the third thing in just this little mini interview, I would say, was, you know, to find Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, in adoration, uh, and to go and to just sit before him quietly, even if it's just for a few minutes, and be really honest and open with him. Say, I'm here. Yeah. I want to know you. I don't know how to do that, but I'm here. And that, just coming before the Lord honestly, openly, even saying, I'm here and I'm pretty angry. You know, yeah. you took my child with cancer mm-hmm. or you gave me cancer or you allowed me to have cancer, you know, just be honest. There isn't anything that you can say, whether it's in anger or doubt or fear that has not been hurled at heaven before. (laughs) And heaven is not going anywhere. (laughs) You know, they, you know, the Lord wants to meet us exactly where we are. I don't have to get unangry first. I don't have to get undoubtful first. I don't have to get unfearful first. I can approach him in exactly the space that I am, whatever that is. And and he's not going anywhere. There's nothing you can do that's going to send him running for the hills. Uh, not going to um, hurt his feelings, right? No. <laughs> no, uh, no. Liz Kelly is my guest. Uh, she is coming to town Saturday, February 24th for a one-day retreat, 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. There will be mass optionally before the retreat beginning at 8.30. Uh, light breakfast and lunch will be included. Uh, the cost is $45 uh, if you uh, purchase uh, early enough, 50 afterwards. You can get tickets at ourladyofangels.com slash women's dash retreat. Ourladyofangels.com slash women's dash retreat. And again, the theme is Jesus Approaches with Love Annual Women's Retreat. 
that is um, being sponsored by five parishes in Collin County and also uh, St. Joseph's and Richardson, probably Dallas County, but St. Elizabeth Antietam Parish in Plano, Our Lady of Angels in Allen, St. Jude in Allen, St. Mark the Evangelist in Plano. So this is a collaborative effort between all these parishes. If you have questions, you can email the the number five women's retreat at gmail.com. The number five women's retreat at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to learn more about Liz Kelly, just go to her website, lizk.org, lizk.org. She's also an award-winning Catholic author, uh, as we talked about a moment ago as well. Liz, I'm just curious, um, as you stand in front of a group of hundreds of women or however many show up on the 24th, and by your own admission, you've got very, very different states of life, different ages, different backgrounds, marital statuses. I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. how do you talk to all of them with one message and hope that it lands on each one where they are? What What is your strategy in that regard? Yeah, well, I do think that there are some kind of universal principles about womanhood <laughs> that really speak to us in every age and stage. And so I do draw from, uh, you know, for 10 or 12 years, I can't remember, I used to teach a course called Woman and Man at the University of St. Thomas here in St. Paul. And in those 10 years of teaching and speaking about what does the church say about the role of women? What does Jesus say to women? How did he interact with them? Uh, are there some kind of unifying principles that we can pull out of those interactions that Jesus had with women uh, in order to form ourselves, to form our own lives, to form our interior in our prayer life, and then from that formation go out and have uh, a real effect in the world, really draw others to Christ by the light that we become as a result of our encounter with Christ. Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, and Jesus approaches really draws on, I think those years of teaching that course and, 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 and our event is not going to be academic. So don't worry about that. (laughs) But I do draw from those years of praying with those texts, like from JP two, who speaks so profoundly and so beautifully about, uh, you know, the essential, um, role that women play in the church. He speaks of, you know, the feminine genius, that we have a capacity to see the human person uh, in all its vulnerability and how the world needs that capacity, how the world needs that uh, right now for women to be full-on Catholic women in the world, which it's desperately needed. And, um, and, you know, the Lord asks each of us to flourish right where we are. You know, uh, if he wants us to go to Africa, he's going to place Africa in our heart. Uh, but for most of us, he wants us to stay where we are and to flourish where we've been planted, you know, mm-hmm. in, our, in our state of life. And so, um, you know, flourishing isn't even necessarily anything big and fancy. But I think flourishing has to do with discovering the gifts that I have, the charisms that I've been given, to fan the flame of them, to develop them as well as I can, and then to offer them back to the church. And that means just discovering who I've been created to be in Christ. 
you know, there's nothing more natural, there's nothing more fitting uh, than to discover who I have been created to be in Christ and then be that <laughs> to the best of my ability. Um, and I think that applies no matter who you are, man, woman, or child. Um, but I do think there's an element of that that we'll discuss and 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 nurture a little bit, particular to women on the 24th. Yes, you have a quote from the Second Vatican Council on your website that says, at this moment when the human race is undergoing a deep transformation, women impregnated with the spirit of the gospel can do much to aid mankind in not falling. And I was kind of taken by that, you know, the undergoing a, a deep transformation. Of course, that was written 60 years ago, and I don't know if much has changed since then, but uh, well, what is um, well, what is the the and this was from the message to women. What is the church yeah. saying to women? I know you like to quote uh, holy fathers, and uh, but what what is uh, perhaps what do women perhaps not know that the uh, Catholic Church is saying to them? No, just how much they're needed. You know uh, how important they are. I tend to think I, I tend to encounter women who don't think they're really as important as they are. That the work that they do as women in their homes, in their communities, is really as valuable as it is. Um, uh, you know, I want to peel the veil off of that to remind them uh, that the work they do as women in the church is really important and and very much. Uh, needed. And I think in our time in particular, I think the evil that is rampant attacks our identity. We notice so much confusion about what it means to be male, what it means to be female, and all of the, you know, sort of gender confusion that is out there right now. You know, the devil loves to attack us in our identity. And so, you know, part of my ministry, what I long to do is to remind women of who they are in Christ. If we know who we are in Christ, we're much less vulnerable to attack. And um, whether, you know, we're trying, we're confused about what our identity is, or we don't think we're as valuable to the Lord as we really are, that we're not as cherished by the Lord as we really are. Um, you know, all of those things can be little ways that, you know, the devil can get in there and attack us and, and weaken the tether between our heart and the sacred heart of Jesus. And so we want to strengthen that tether. And part of that work is understanding who we are in Christ. Yes. Just a few minutes remaining. Liz Kelly is my guest. She is going to be the speaker at the annual women's retreat in Plano. Actually, Allen, it's going to be at Our Lady of Angels Parish in Allen. And it is Saturday, uh, uh, February 24th. And uh, Our Lady of Angels is located at 1914 Ridgeview Drive in Allen. You can purchase your tickets depending on when you buy them. They're either 45 or $50, but do get them, get them quickly. Uh, com slash women's dash retreat. You can email the number five women's retreat at gmail.com for more information. And you can find out more about Liz Kelly at her website, lizk.org, L-I-Z-K.org. Um, in the time that we have remaining, Liz, 
Uh, could you tell us the kind of the format of the retreat? It's going to be ni- mm-hmm. uh, 9.30 to 3.30, so you've got six hours, but that's going to include, you know, lunch and some breaks. And will there be prayer teams? Will there be music? Is it going to be how many talks? Yeah, how, how, how will it look? Yeah. So uh, we will have <clears throat> either three or four talks, and uh, I will offer prompts for prayer. I will offer prompts for small group discussion. So there's going to be uh, time for listening, there's going to be time for prayer, and there's going to be time for fellowship with other women who are there. So I think it's, it's going to be a very full day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, it, we're, we're going to go from, uh, we're going to be going full and strong all day, all day. So uh, I'm hoping that there will be a little something in there for everybody. Yeah, well, I encourage uh, everybody to go. If you're a woman, I presume 18 or older, and uh, women, you can bring your daughters and uh, your friends and uh, women religious, of course, uh, very much invited as well. And uh, the theme is Jesus Approaches with Love, uh, annual women's retreat, Saturday, February 24th. Go to the website, ourladyofangels.com slash women's dash retreat. Uh, and you can get your tickets there, or you can email five women's retreat at, at gmail.com. That's the number five women's retreat at gmail.com. And Liz, I, I thank you very much for your time. And I hope it's uh, a, a time for much growth and uh, flourishing for these wonderful women who show up. And I uh, also want to thank Susan for uh, setting this up for me. She was very um, uh, patient with me <laughs> in trying to get this set up. So I appreciate uh, Susan reaching out and uh, asking us to promote this. Uh, LizK.org is the website to find out more about Liz Kelly. Thank you, Liz. Great speaking with you. And I uh, hope you have a, a safe trip to, to um, Texas here on the 24th. Thank you. Thank you. We are keeping this day in prayer. We're soaking it in prayer. And I uh, am very confident that the Holy Spirit's going to show up. And I hope the women will, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they will. They will. All right. Thanks also to Cicely Anderson for running the board. Thank you for listening. And if you have suggestions for future interviews of the week, you can email me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. God bless you. Join us for the 24th Annual Successful Fathers Conference at the Dallas Country Club on March 28th, beginning at 9 a.m. This year's event will feature speaker and author Jason Everett. The title of this year's talk is A Call to Fathers, Parenting in a Confused and Hypersexual Age. Cost is $50 per ticket. Please RSVP by purchasing a ticket at PayPal via email address robhayes at yahoo.com. Continental breakfast will be available. The event is free for clergy. Please respond by March 15th. Do you feel weighed down due to owning a property that you'd like to sell? If so, Danny McDonald with Omnia House Buyers, a sponsor of this station, would like to speak with you about your situation. Omnia House Buyers can purchase any property, including homes, multifamily properties, and mobile homes in any condition. You can learn more about Omnia House Buyers through their website, omniahousebuyers.com, or you can speak to Danny by calling 940-222-5896. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this uh, wonderful interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, KTH 910 AM. We do two of these a week. It's called the interview of the week because we uh, do interviews with people, some, and they're always recorded. We do them during the week, and then we play them on Saturday afternoons. And I know we get a lot of feedback about these, and so hope you enjoy them. And it's really just an opportunity to let you know what is going on in the 
Catholic world, both in the Dallas and the Fort Worth Diocese. And the uh, guests and the topics are very eclectic, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Today is a very interesting topic because we are going to be talking about Catholic education. We're going to talk about pilgrimage. We're going to talk about how you can support uh, young minds being formed into saints and scholars. And I recently did an interview with the uh, president of uh, St. Cecilia School in Dallas, Lydia Torres. Uh, Her principal is Estella Valdez. Uh, Estella is also the STEM coordinator and the network administrator for St. Cecilia School. And uh, we are going to be talking again about uh, the school but also a very exciting pilgrimage that they are going to be taking in March of this year to the El Camino. I've never done this, but they're going to be on the Portugal route, uh, and uh, they're traveling to Spain on the Portugal route of El Camino, and so lots to talk about. And I also want to let you know that, um, let's see, the, the slogan of St. Cecilia is on the path to becoming saints and scholars. Okay, their website is saintceciliacatholic.org. They're located at 635 Mary Cliff Road in Dallas, 75208. So having all said all that, uh, Lydia Torres and Estella Valdez, thank you so much for joining me. Good to talk to both of you. Thank you. We're happy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, boy, I'd be happy if I was going to uh, the Camino next month. <laughs> uh, so that, that is so exciting. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. And uh, we've got you on different lines. And I know you're, we're doing this on a, a school day. So if there's a little ambient noise in the background, that just means uh, busy administrators and you know, schools. So no, no problem at all. Uh, so, Lydia, let me start with you. Let's talk about the, the school itself. You have been in education many, many years. In fact, I remember working with you at Bishop Dunn decades ago. And so tell us about the school, what makes it special, and your role as president. So St. Cecilia School is uh, nearing its 90th birthday. So we have been in the community uh, for many, many decades. Our, our roots and our traditions are very deep and long. Uh, thousands of kids have graduated from the eighth grade and gone on to uh, Catholic high schools and and high schools all over the Dallas area. And uh, we give thanks. We stand on the on the shoulders of the Sisters of St. Mary of Namur who founded us. Uh, I feel that our school is extraordinary and that we are really working hard to bring the entire community up in terms of teachers, students, parents. We're all working to uh, increase our, our academic achievement, to, uh, to motivate and inspire our children in their Catholic faith and love of God and, and Catholic traditions, and to truly be critical thinkers and using the, the Catholic social teachings as the umbrella. That's, that's where we want to base all of our, our uh, beliefs and truths so that our children, as they grow to become the next generation of leaders are going to lead with uh, the gospel message of love and that gospel message that that God is in everybody and in everyone and really, you know, respecting the dignity of all men. So it's a big challenge, but we're up for it, and our community is right with us as we walk together. Amen. Thank you so much, Lydia Torres, President, St. Cecilia School in Dallas. And uh, also, as I mentioned, on the line with me, Estella Valdez, the principal. Estella, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how, you know, what you did before becoming principal of St. Cecilia and uh, how that all came about? Uh, Yes, I started working in St. Cecilia 20 years ago. Um, 
I started working here with three kids of mine. Uh, all three of them graduated from St. Cecilia. So I started in the computer lab, so teaching technology. That was my first uh, job here at St. Cecilia. And in how long have you been principal? This is my first year as principal. Oh, okay. And how neat that you have the experience of being a, a parent, you know, many years ago of children there and now being the principal so you can really really relate to the the parents and uh students that is so cool you know it's funny i I, when i was in grade school nobody talked about stem and you talk uh can you can you explain (laughs) you're you're the stem coordinator and that's kind i don't think the 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 subject matter of stem is new but that that phraseology is and well what, what is what is stem and what do you do as stem coordinator Yes, uh, so for STEM is when um, we create a lesson where we teach math, science, uh, technology, arts, and it's just one lesson that covers all the subjects. So what we do here, we have a STEM lab and then we have the computer lab. So in, in the STEM lab, we have Legos, Kinex, and a lot of different robot, robots, a lot of different hands-on materials where the students can uh, create and build um something for social studies or for science or for art. And then I, so they get like a grade in the, uh, all those subjects. So what I do as technology coordinator, I um, bring people from outside, speakers, uh, engineers, uh, people from college right now. Like yesterday we have a meeting with SMU, an SMU professor. She's bringing uh, the students to do uh, a STEM project with the students. So we also have uh, Ordeacon Andres that has a doctorate in physics, and he comes once per week to meet with a third, fourth, and fifth grade. And then, um, so I coordinate the schedules, I approve the projects. We also have a partnership with Sturgeon that help us with, uh, we call it STEM night. And um, so that's basically uh, what I do as a STEM coordinator. Yeah, thank you. And I want to ask you one more question, then I'll go to Lydia and talk more specifically about this trip in March to uh, the Camino, because I know our listeners are excited to hear all about that. Uh, as principal, of course, you set the tone for the school, and uh, it's such a, an important role. I know I don't have to <laughs> remind you of that, but, you know, one of the things that's very unique about a Catholic school is, as Lydia said, the Catholic element to it, the social teaching. How, how, Lydia, I mean, I'm sorry, Estella, do you as principal give the school a Catholic feel? What's uniquely Catholic about St. Cecilia's school? So uh, we start every morning with morning prayer. We pray before dismissal. That's something that we encourage a lot. And we pray before we go to um, lunch. We go to Mass every Friday, uh, every day. Every day of obligation, we there. We pray the rosary. We bring the priest. Like I said, Deacon Andres uh, is working in the small lab. So having always that uh, presence of uh, of our priests and clergy is super important for the faculty meetings. Uh, the priest is always with us, and he starts with a prayer. The deacon is with us, and he starts. He helps with the prayer and reflections for uh, the faculty. We also have a good relationship with uh, the um, CCD office um, and the rectory, and they also help us and like guide us. We invite the parents to the CCD's uh, workshops on Saturdays and Sundays. 
so yeah, we we try to keep that Catholic identity alive as much as we can. Amen. Well, thank you. I appreciate so much uh, those words and uh, the formation of these uh, young, uh, beautiful souls in the Catholic faith. Uh, all right, uh, Lydia, let's talk about this pilgrimage that you all have planned for uh, next month, March, a trip to Spain. Uh, Portugal route of El Camino. Like I said, I've never done this before, but how did this all come about and what's kind of the purpose and uh, you know, origins of all this? So uh, when I first met Ms. Valdez, uh, she and I spoke about those things that we wanted to do uh, on our bucket list. And we both agreed that walking El Camino in Spain was one of those things. And so as we continued our conversation we decided that that would be something we would make our dream become a reality and also to support the school. So El Camino is the way of St. James uh, that he went into Spain evangelizing and spreading the good news. And when, in fact, today's gospel speaks that when Jesus sent the, the, the uh, apostles out two by two to, to pray, to heal, to cure, uh, to, to cast out the demons, and so it's on those travels that St. James made his way up into Spain, and, and there's various routes, the, the French way, the English way, and there's the Portuguese way. And so that's the one we're going to walk. It will be the last 100 kilometers, and so we'll be walking 100 kilometers from Vigo, Spain, into uh, Santiago de Compostela. And the purpose is for spirituality, faith, to reconnect with nature, to walk side by side with the pilgrims, because actually this, this pilgrimage is, is, is a metaphor for life mm-hmm. as you walk your journey of life. And, and as we're doing this, we're also sharing the good news of the gospel, and we're sharing the good news of St. Cecilia's school. And so we're raising awareness and, and inviting people to learn more about us and encouraging them, encouraging families to consider Catholic education for their children. And, and it's also a way for us to support our families through tuition assistance monies and operating monies and, you know, all of that funding that we need to keep our Catholic school mission alive. So it's, it's a faith-filled journey. It's a way to reconnect with God. It's a way for us to raise awareness, and it's a way for us to support our mission. And, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Who is going to be going? Is it uh, school administrators or parents or any students, all the above? Who, who will be on this uh, pilgrimage? So we, we, we cast a wide net, and we have uh, one or two parents who are going with us. We have parishioners going with us. We have members of the Faith Fitness Ministry that Father Ignacio has started. They're going with us. We have some women who belong to a prayer group. There's about five or six of them who belong to a prayer group uh, in the Diocese of Dallas going with us. So right now it's a total of, correct me if I'm wrong, Ms. Valdez, but I believe we have 16 people, including us, going. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. All right. And Estella Valdez, again, principal of St. Cecilia School. What, what are I'm thinking of the movie The Way with Martin Sheen. I think most people have seen that. It kind of really popularized uh, the Camino. I don't know if you all have seen that or not, but uh, what, 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 uh, what, are your, um, uh, what, what are you most excited about, uh, Ms. Valdez, for the, this pilgrimage? So uh, this is our second time going. And the first time that we went, we have different miracles that happen to us and that they stay like in our heart. And we've been talking about those miracles a lot. 
So this time, I'm really excited, and I feel like more open for those miracles to happen. Yeah. And uh, Lydia, um, how can our, our listeners are listening and they're probably thinking a good, a good holy jealousy because they, they wish they were going. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably too late to sign up for this trip. But uh, how, how can our listeners be involved? Uh, they can pray for you. And I think you'll take their prayer intentions as well. Or uh, what, what, how, what else can they do to uh, kind of unite with uh, the, the, the pilgrims and you guys next month? So we actually still have a couple of spots, and anyone interested, please call the school office, 214-948-8628, and ask for Estela Valdez or Lydia Torres, and we'll give them the information. Uh, any Anyone who's hearing this message and is so moved that they want to support Catholic education and the, and the mission of the school, please go to the website. There's actually, on the donate button, there's the El Camino uh, button that they can press and give their information and make a donation to us, uh, again, to support the students and the teachers. So uh, send your prayer intentions. Anybody who wants to still move to participate, call us and uh, donate to the cause and, and support what we're doing with our children here in the Oak Cliff area. All right. I'm talking to Lydia Torres. Uh, she is the uh, president of St. Cecilia Catholic School in Dallas, as she mentioned, uh, celebrating 90 years. Wow, that is so awesome. And also uh, uh, Estela Valdez, principal, STEM coordinator, network administrator of St. Cecilia School. They're located at 635 Mary Cliff Road, Dallas, Texas, 75208. You can find out more about them on their website, uh, St. Cecilia Catholic.org, St. Cecilia Catholic.org. And I do also want to thank, I meant to do this at the beginning, uh, Mark Vahala. He's a dear friend of mine. And uh, he and I had lunch one time uh, a few months ago. And he is the chair of the St. Cecilia Advisory Council. And I know Mark is listening to this interview. So, Mark, thank you for suggesting that I, I do this <clears throat> interview uh, to, to promote the good work of uh, St. Cecilia Catholic School. And um, uh, may I ask something else before we leave? Oh, yeah, please. We still got about 10 minutes, so there's no rush. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. So I really want to invite everybody to follow us on social media. We are going to be blogging every day from El Camino. Uh, So if you cannot go um, with us, you can follow us on social media and get that experience of what we've seen, what while we're living in Spain. Mm. And um, Ms. Valdez, you said that you have been before, and uh, for somebody who hasn't, most of our listeners, including me, have not been, there's this kind of culmination when you get to the end, and I just remember from the movie, and you got the big incensor, and it's swinging, and you're at a big church. I think it's the the Church of St. James. Can, Can you talk about that kind of culminating experience, and I trust that you probably went there the last time on your on your pilgrimage what what is it like to to finish a pilgrimage like this uh i think uh, like a mile before we finish i really started crying uh, yeah. <laughs> so like the last let's say 10 minutes i was just crying i just couldn't believe it uh because uh we going to a place where we don't have instructions we don't know where we're going we've never been there uh, this time we don't go where we're going either. It's another route. So um, a lot of people are asking me this question and they made me think maybe that's one of the reasons when you finish you feel like, oh my gosh, I did it. Um, 
is yes, you're exposed to all the elements, and we didn't get lost in that. <laughs> I was never afraid, and uh, so we were able to make it. Uh, so it's just like incredible. It's yeah. like an incredible uh, and epic accomplishment. And Lydia, do I, is this your second time to go? Also, did you go the first time? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and there's definitely a feeling of awe and wonder. It's a it's a feeling of accomplishment. It's it's that uh, relief, but also when you see the, the beauty of this magnificent cathedral and just thinking how was this built and 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 that you're walking the same steps that St. James walked and that pilgrims for centuries have walked. It's a very a powerful feeling and uh, overwhelming and, yes, filled with tears, tears yeah. of happiness, tears of joy. I'm trying to imagine, you know, being a pilgrim and walking, and I guess you're walking alongside a lot of different people from different parts of the world and different languages. Well, what is the camaraderie part of it and how much interaction and intermingling is there? Uh, everybody is a pilgrim and everyone, uh, is, uh, we're all out there for the same reasons. Um, and so there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of joy. There's everybody greets everybody else. There's a lot of warmth, a lot of welcome, uh, the places uh, alongside the little shops or restaurants, wherever, you know, they're, they're just little mom and pop places that are very simple and humble. Uh, but they're always very warm and welcoming, all the pilgrims. So it's a beautiful feeling of even though no one knows each other, it's like we all know each other because mm-hmm. we all are, we're all being called by the same spirit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that how how exciting. And again, uh, we're talking about a, a pilgrimage, the a trip to Spain, and then the Portugal route. As uh, Mrs. Torres said, it's the uh, final route uh, of the El Camino, uh, leading all the way to the big cathedral that that they described. A couple of slots uh, still remain. You can go on their website, Saint Cecilia Catholic dot org, and also uh, Mrs. Torres can also provide you that phone number again here before we uh, close out the interview. And uh, let me return back to St. Cecilia School itself, because I want to emphasize this one more time for our listeners. And uh, Mrs. Valdez, the principal, uh, people have a lot of options these days. For people who are listening right now who have children that uh, could enroll in a school like St. Cecilia, there's homeschooling in public schools and charter schools. Why... And I'm a product of Catholic school education. I went to St. Patrick uh, grade school in Dallas. I went to Jesuit. And so I know the value of Catholic school education. But what would you say? Why, why, why should people, even if it's, uh, there's a, uh, some financial sacrifice, choose Catholic schools, Mrs. Valdez? Yes, uh, there's a huge difference between uh, Catholic schools and uh, public schools. And the main difference is that here in a Catholic school, we educate the whole child, not just academically, but also spiritually. And that's big. And that's something that you cannot find in a public school. Yes. And uh, Ms. Torres, uh, talk about the the money issue. I think there's a lot of people out there saying, I would go if I could afford it. And I've always, when I talk to principals or presidents, they say, just come talk to us and we can probably work something out. Uh, What would you say to somebody who's looking at the finances and think they can't afford it? I would say to them, as I say to everybody, come and talk to us. Exactly those same words. There is so much opportunity available uh, just this week. 
there was a very kind um, person that we spoke to earlier in the week, and uh, he made a phone call to the school with Miss Valdez and I, and we both spoke to him. And by the end of the conversation, he was already donating a full scholarship for next school year. Mm. There are many people, many people with generous hearts who believe in what we're doing. There's opportunities there. We don't want money to be the reason you don't choose Catholic education. Um, there's creative ways of doing this. There's scholarships, tuition assistance. So, um, you know, come and have the conversation. It is worth your time to have that conversation. Um, just this morning, there were there there was a mom. She was already in her. Uh, I could see her work uniform, knocking at the door before school started, and she was like, "I want to make an appointment. I want to come see you. I want to come see how I can get my kids into into St. Cecilia's." We see that every single day, and uh, we're thrilled to be able to provide that opportunity for us. It's a mission, it's a ministry, and. Uh, we feel sincerely called by God to do this work. Amen. St. Cecilia Catholic.org is the website, uh, stcecilia.catholic.org, named after a wonderful, wonderful saint. Uh, over And they're located at 635 Mary Cliff Road, Dallas, Texas, 75208. And uh, Lydia Torres, uh, let, let's, we just have a couple minutes remaining. Uh, kind of recap, if people want to go on this pilgrimage in March, if they want to send prayer intentions, uh, what, what should they do? Can you give out that phone number or email or whatever contact information you have uh, for them right now? Certainly. Uh, to get information on the El Camino trip, if, you're sti- if you are interested in joining us, please go to our website and uh, Uh It's St. Cecilia School here in Dallas, Texas. And uh, if you want to speak with someone, call the front office, 214-948-8628. Ask for Lydia Torres or Estela Valdez. And uh, we are happy to take prayer intentions. We are happy for uh, more pilgrims to join us. And we, are, we would be thrilled to have people uh, donate to the cause, to the mission, to support what we're doing here in Oak Cliff for our, for our families. All right, 214-948-8628. Thank you very much, uh, Lydia Torres, for being part of this interview. Um, Estela Valdez, Principal, STEM Coordinator, Network Administrator of St. Cecilia. I'm going to close out with a question for you. You mentioned that people who do not go can follow you with daily updates on social media. Can you let our listeners know where they should go to find those? And also, uh, what are the specific dates of the the pilgrimage? So we are leaving the week of uh, March 9th. We start walking March 10th, and uh, everybody can follow us in Facebook or Instagram. Okay. St. Cecilia Catholic School. All right. Instagram or Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and uh, you'll be doing daily updates, and it's a really great way to kind of vicariously <laughs> go on the uh, the El Camino, even if you're like me and you've never done it actually yourself. And it might inspire you to, to go, and also you'll learn something about the school, and you might also feel, feel inclined to support the school, like that gentleman did who uh, Mrs. Torres spoke to uh, the other day. All right, well, <clears throat> ladies, thank you very much for your time. God bless you. Our prayers go with you as you uh, depart.
part for this uh, uh, wonderful experience out there in uh, Spain and <clears throat> and on, on this pilgrimage, El Camino. Again, I just want to direct everybody to the website. If you feel like you want to go, you want to send prayer intentions, you want to just learn more about St. Cecilia School in Dallas, go to stcecilia.catholic.org. And again, if you want to follow them on Facebook and Instagram, they're going to be uh, starting their updates March 9th and 10th with this pilgrimage. Thanks to both of you. God bless you and uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Also, thank you to Cecil Anderson for running the board. Thank you all for listening and supporting great uh, efforts in the Catholic education, Catholic media, our Catholic faith in general. If you have suggestions for future interviews like this, you can email me directly. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. And a great- Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.